Hey, this is Dr. Bill. Today's episode is an interview with a neighbor of Doug's who had an interesting UFO sighting a few years ago. The sound quality of the interview isn't the best, but I guarantee that if you stick it out, you'll find it's worth your time. Thanks, and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Alien Pro Podcast. I'm Doug. And I'm Bill. Again today. And Bill. Dr. Bill. Dr. Bill. How's it going, Bill? Good. How you doing? Good, good. What do we have? To this week, we've got JC. Not Jesus Christ, Bill. Okay, don't get excited. JC from uh, the Sacramento area has has uh, he's he had uh, reported a sighting. Uh, there was another sighting on our neighborhood um, uh, site that's online. And um, when I saw that, I posted our uh, podcast on the on the site and invited anyone who's had any other sightings to uh, that wants to discuss them with us and he contacted me and said he'd love to come on the show and talk about the site and I asked him if he he'd reported it to MUFON and he said not yet you know he's um, he's there's he's also has another National UFO Reporting Center have you heard that's something that he said he might be reporting on so I'm not sure have you referred to them Bill yeah I think so I mean I've seen a bunch of different stuff cool so um, we'll roll right into it I mean you can you know, come and discuss whatever. I have a Hebrew picture, uh, and it's weird. I mean, I got to tell you, it's, uh, he, he calls it sinister. And I, as he drew the, I said, you, I mean, how are you drawing? Can you, we didn't go through the whole, uh, you provided me with the whole questionnaire that's very, where'd you pull that questionnaire? It's very, that is, is that from the, that is from the um, original Project Blue Book. That's a, a project, good. Project Blue Book yeah. reporting form. But JC is so articulate in his um, he's so articulate in his description of the event that I didn't need to go right down the line with everything. So um, without further interruption, let's go ahead and oh, well, bring well, in JC. Well, let's go. Let's do it. Ready? All right, here we go. Into a little UFO corner with. Uh... Uh, an acquaintance of mine, JC, who um, has had a sighting and actually local in um, Rancho Cordova, Sacramento. Yeah, Sacramento. Sacramento. Um, what part of Sacramento? I mean, you almost Rancho. Almost Rancho. Right. East East Sacramento. Yeah. So I'm just south, I'm on the other side of the river from you. Not that far yeah. away. Just the other side of the river. So I'm I'm on the south. Uh, the south shore of the American River, just not too far from here, and uh, yeah, you can't cross. I was previously Bradshaw is my exit, and you can't get across the river here. So, yeah, uh, you know, as the crow flies, I'm probably a mile away from from you. So, and you're an Ansel Hoffman golfer. I play there once in a while. I play a lot of golf uh, every week, every Saturday. I play with a regular group of guys, and we play mostly on the 80 corridor. I'm in the men's club at Empire Ranch. So I play there quite a bit in Folsom, but. Uh, 
Yeah, so we just decided that was the course that week, so we were out there last Saturday. So yeah, nice neighborhood. I like it out here a lot. Yeah, yeah. Deb walks the uh, walks Max down there. Max, we hear Max on the on the show every once in a while. You know, not from I'm as a Bay Area transplant like you. I've been out here. I don't know about fifteen years or so. I guess now somewhere in that neighborhood. And, you know, Sacramento's an interesting town because, like I mentioned, that you're being landlocked on that side by the river. It's it's and then, you know, 50 kind of runs, and a lot of people from the bank, I was to South Lake Tahoe, but, you know, he Reno, and it kind of moves a little bit uh, northeast, where 50 runs really east and west, so there's this big piece of pie shape starting at, like, you know, piece of pizza from downtown Sacramento, yeah. all the way to all these little pockets, like Carmichael and Citrus Heights, and all these areas that you would never see, and there's some really neat neighborhoods in here, so, yeah, yeah thanks for having me, it's cool yeah. to Driving to the golf course on that. I only played that course all and I just was really worried about where I was going. So this time on Saturday I knew a little bit more and I was able to look at some of the houses and the lot sizes and stuff. And Very I was like, wow, it's kinda nice. Yeah, there this is our really golf corner. What do you do without missing the company? What do you do for a living? So I'm a sales rep for uh for a very large uh so the oldest and largest in the world uniform. No kidding, company. Yeah, so I sell uh, linen and uniform rental services to, you know, healthcare, industrial uniforms, food and beverage. I've used as a manager. I've been in operations management, so we've used you yeah. know, a couple of companies like. Yeah. I think it's Mission or Sister. Sure, yeah, or those others, both yeah. Those, yeah, both of those. So it's heard of mine as well. So there's a good. I mean, there's yeah. a good market. I always liked it because we don't have to watch anything. Six years after, uh, it's weird being in a rental industry after. It's not weird anymore. I've been doing it six just had my six year anniversary, but I came twenty years in retail with the nation's oldest and largest retailer, Macy's. Different divisions, different store executives, uh, corporate executives. Wow. From a retail to a rental, it's kind of yeah. it took me a little while to wrap my head around it, but it's weird. I could like Yeah, I was a general manager for Grand Tree Furniture, so okay. the rental. Yeah, yeah we did some services and yeah, yeah, yeah. So yes, you saw this. So what part of? No, I can tell you everything. I mean, I remember deciding this night we're here because you know, yeah. hey, cool can you pause it for a second? Um. All right. Yeah, let's keep going. I'm um, the the sound is marginal, but let's let's keep going. Okay. So it was October seventeenth of twenty twenty one. So yeah, I don't know where you were that day, but if you were here, you remember that October seventeenth was more than just the anniversary of the Loma Prieta earthquake in the Bay Area, which you probably lived through as well, coming yeah. out of that part of the world in 1989, right? Which, I was up here then. But, yeah. Were you up here by then? Yeah. I was still in the Bay. You know, I was really disappointed that the, the earthquake interrupted the World Series games. I'm a big A's fan, but, you know, once I saw the devastation, it, it made sense. We're all kind of struck by that. But um, October 17th of 21 was a serious weather event in Northern California. And... Uh, specifically in Sacramento, it was really windy that day. Remember, it was, I don't know. From, I don't remember, yeah, I remember it was the day, Sunday, but... It was severe, severe winds, like 80-mile winds. There was um, a storm coming in from the, from the southwest, moving northeast, and it 
dropped a little bit of rain later that night, but it was really, really windy. I remember like a, a truck blew over on one of the bridges in the bay. You know, it was just it was one of those days where where everybody was staying inside because it was extremely, extremely windy. And um, so what happened specifically is is my my woman, my lady worked in retail still. That's where I met her, and she worked weekends. And she was off that day. So we just spent a, a lazy Sunday at home. Excuse me, a lazy Sunday at home after I watched the 49er game. Other football, yeah, I play fantasy kind of stuff. But um, it was, do you play fantasy? I do, yeah. I've been in a couple of years. No, uh, Yahoo stuff. I've been in with uh, I've been in one league for like twelve years. Oh, good. And uh, with a bunch of guys, and then I do another league with my brother-in-laws. But um, actually, both my brother-in-laws are in that league. Actually, no, two of the three are in that league. But that's a whole different topic. But it was it was uh, five forty-three p.m. And my lady and I were just sitting on the couch watching the TV. And I don't remember time change that happened or what that happened. But the power went out, which you know wasn't surprising because it was so windy outside, right? It was yeah. like crazy. But so where I live, we were really close to the front bed back court, right there on Holt Court, right? So my it usually comes right back on. I've always theorized that it's because is it are we good? We're good. I've always sort of theorized I have it recorded on the phone before some you know, yeah. when you make sure it just doesn't sound I've always sort of theorized <laughs> that when because when the power goes off in my neighborhood, and I've been there eight years now, that it's because we're on, it comes right back on because we're on the same grid as the franchise tax board, right? right. They don't want the power being out. No. I would think that they probably have their own substation or generators or whatever, but no, it you goes know, out. a state worker. When it goes out, it's yeah, out. Yeah, so, but I always it was just kind of summarized that it, because when a power goes out in my neighborhood, it comes right back on, and I just always thought it was because of that. What? what I'm gonna. I'm weird. I, I, how would your your girl think about? Have you talked to her about the I mean, UFO? She saw it too. She saw it too. Yeah, she saw it. Too. Was she a believer before that? No. Have she ever seen one? And she's still not. Yeah, she, she just thinks it was. She whatever. didn't know what it was, right? She, just, she saw the tail end of it as, a, as it was trailing away. But um, my apologies. Sometimes I break no, it. No, no, I'm yeah. going to get to the story. But I'm, 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 I have a lot of background in like platforming. Sure, right? In presentations. Stuff. Yeah. So I, I like I'm, I'm detail oriented, and I want to tell the story. So I appreciate your. I have patience. a lot of background in interrupting <laughs> and interjecting my own my own questions. We're here drinking bullet. Whiskey, yes. you know, as we do this, which is different. Usually, Bill and I do it in the morning. And it's not. It's a, little, it's a little early. It's Friday. For, uh, it's a little early on Saturday morning, but but this, this is a first for the Alien Pro podcast having a, a cocktail day. No, so I, no, I'm just getting into the podcasting thing. But listen to Joe Rogan a lot. We love Rogan. Yeah, I love it. I love. I, yeah. I always liked it before. I just never really worked the podcasting thing into my into my time schedule kind of thing. But I've been, I figured out a way to do it. Do you like the WWE? WWE? No, no, no. I'm not in the wrestling. Yeah, I don't. That's the thing is, if I see an episode when he's interviewing one of those guys, I don't. Those fighters, like I don't. I don't want to watch grown men roll out. Okay, so have you? Like that's not my thing. Before we get into your your, have you heard of Bob Lazar? Yes. So have you, did you hear the interview with Rogan and Lazar? I did not. Listen to that one, because yeah. Lazar um, allegedly was an employee of Area 51 and has seen uh, UFOs at Area 51, I think about five or six. Um, 
And Lazar's got the best the best description of the activity at Area 51, what's called S4. It's off Area 51, and it's the side of the mountain comes up. And he worked in the offices in there, and he was doing reverse engineering. Yeah. Uh, so his story says. I've heard, I've seen other interviews with Lazar, but I He's haven't. He's totally believable. I, and absolutely. And I'm a believer in this whole deal, right? Which is what even more crazy about, you know, my. Yeah, we want to believe. That's the thing. I mean, I want to believe. I don't, I don't check out before we find out what's going on. Yeah, yeah. Close every day, it seems like. It is. I don't know. I don't know how old you are, but I was born in small. I was born in 69, right? So I was born, my dad likes to tell the story. I was born in July of 69, and my dad likes to tell the story of how, uh, you know, I'm his firstborn child and how he held me in his arms when he watched men walk on the moon, you know, in the hospital. And I was born a couple days before that. Did you ever talk to your dad about this kind of thing? Uh, I told him this story. Is he still alive? Oh, yeah. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. He's, 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 he's okay. 80, 80. It'll be 82 in My dad was a, my dad is all my dad would say. I think it's the reason why I am interested in it is my dad was not the kind of person you would think that would believe in this type of thing. Yeah. But he just said it's impossible that we're the only ones here. It is. You know, that's, it it that's truly is. Thing. And I think it, it takes a, it takes a, a someone who's, it's, my personal belief is to take, is the narcissistic to believe that we could be the only. The universe, we don't even know it. The people talk about the universe, how big it is, and sound comprehensive, but they talk about it expanding. You know, it's like they don't even really know, like, what it is or how big it is. And it's just, you can't, like, the human the human brain really can't fathom how expanse it is, right? Yeah. We're just, like, it's, it's the, this new James Webb telescope, I think, is going to be really cool, and it shows a lot of things. It, it's good, and you would think that a telescope would tell us something about this subject, but I really don't think that it's going to it's gonna show us universe upon universe, or excuse me, yeah. solar system upon solar system. Um, I think it'll show us more Goldilocks planets, though. Yeah, you know, I that it will. And that it, it will. That it will. Uh, I had read, you know, I had read something about it, and I always thought that it was uh, the James Webb's primary function, or, or the way it was pitched uh, when it was funded, was that it was about NEOs, that it was about helping to track near-Earth objects, because we all know those can be apocalyptic, yep. and that's, the th I have a whole other theory on that whole situation, but um, getting back to the, sort of the story, so I'm bring it up, too, we get too far off track. So October 17th, 5.43 p.m., Lazy Sunday, me and my Lazy Sunday Couch, power goes out, and we sit about five, six, seven, eight minutes, and it doesn't come back on. We're like, okay, well, I guess it's not coming back on. And it wasn't unusual for it to be out because it was so windy, right? We were, I mean, you can understand, something probably happened somewhere, and, and, and we're, you know, without power. She's, so my, my, my lady's like, okay, I was going to make BLT sandwiches for dinner. And I could do that on our gas stove without electricity. And I was like, okay, well, and then I always feed my dog, Cooper, at 6 p.m. So I'm like, the dog. Cooper the dog. What kind of dog is he? He's a miniature pincher. Oh, no kidding. He's a miniature pincher, yeah. So he's a little German trench warrior. From like <laughs> World War II or World War One when they when they made their heyday in those trench, those trench fights. Did they? Yeah, yeah, I, I didn't know that. They, they were bred for that, yeah. So... They're barkers, right? So they hear a sound and they go crazy like they're good little watchdogs that way. Definitely, yeah. yeah. 
But uh, so I'm like, okay, well, I was going to feed Cooper anyway. So she starts to cook in the bacon and she opens. We have a one story flat with um, a pool in the backyard and it's, we live behind a park and then the park entrance. I'll get into that in a second. But so I feed Cooper and then, I, of course, after I feed my dog, I always take him right outside, right? That's what you do with your dog. Take him for his little jaunt to, to do his business after he eats. So but she's cooking bacon. I feed the dog and so it's about few minutes after six, ten minutes after six, maybe, and um, so I take Cooper out front. So my house faces south. So I, I walk outside, and there's to the right of my house is a park entrance to the park that's behind my house, and one row of houses in the river. And then to the left of me is my neighbor's house, and then uh, to the uh, between their house. And the next house, there's probably a hundred foot sequoia, or I don't even know what kind of tree it is. It's probably a hundred feet, and it looks like a giant Christmas tree. It's just a perfect, just giant, perfect pine tree, like a Christmas tree. And then to the right of me is the park entrance. There would be the west with a, uh, you know, probably a seventy-five foot cottonwood tree, in it, right? And so when I take my dog out for those quick jaunts, like lots, if I'm going for a walk, I'll take. A, like for a quick one because it's so windy out there and if we're going to do a business we're getting back in the house we're just going to go and I'll kind of let him do his own thing so sometimes he likes to go under that big tree to the left sometimes he wants to go to the right you know and so he decides that he's going to go to the left which would be the east but we go to the east and we go to that big tree and I'm looking up at the sky and it's like I can see you know as soon as I walk out I can see the trees like there's Sacramento trees everywhere right and they're just blowing like crazy. The wind is just going bananas. And, you know, the sun is just setting. So there's the storm that I can see coming in from the from the southwest. And so there's all these gray storm clouds. But the, the lights refracting off them from the sunset. So they're, you know, the outer, outer parts of them are glowing. And beautiful, you know, orange and pink hues. And it's, it's really beautiful. And so he decides to go to the east kind of away from that, the sunset. And so... We go to the east, and he kind of sniffs around, and he decides he wants to go back to the west. And so we kind of go to the west, and I'm just still kind of looking at the, at, at the you know, trees, and I'm like, wow, you know, and just let my dog do his business. And the storm was coming from, as we head back west, the storm was coming from, like, the southwest moving northeast. So it's, like, coming right at us. And there's the, where the sunset is. The sky is kind of clear now. The sun is just dip, is just dipping below the skyline. It's not blinding. It's just it's still, but it's still you know high enough that it's putting light in the sky and off the clouds and stuff. And I see this black object in the sky, like off to directly to the west. Like if you look straight down my street in the open space of the sky, there's this black object. And if you've ever seen a bird. Like a bird of prey, like a falcon or a kite or a hike and a, uh, a kite, how they like hover over their prey and they just sit there still in the air over their prey. And this is some distance away, right? So I'm thinking, what, like, what is that bird doing in a wind like this? Like, how could that bird be sitting that still in in a wind like this? Like, it's like you can look it up. It's it was like 80 mile an hour winds that day. It was bananas, right? And there's like. You know, like I said, trucks blowing over on the bridges in the bay and just some crazy stuff happening. And so I'm like, my dog's walking, sniff around. I'm like, what is that? Like, is that a bird? And it was like a little black object with a pointy top. Like the top.
up, it was a point. I remember, like, I thought it was a bird at first, but then the more I watched it, I, and I just transfixed on it. I'm watching this thing, can't take my eyes off it. And I'm like, like, how could that be? How could that bird be sitting that still? Right? And then I'm like, okay, it's not a bird. Like, like, what is that? It's not a bird. What is it? And it's like, then it gets to the point where if you've ever seen a plane off in the distance and there's two lights that look like, you know, the, the plane lights or whatever lights you're seeing, it looks like it's sitting still in the air. And you're like, what the hell is yeah. that? But eventually you realize that it's coming towards you. Yeah. Right. And as it, and it get, as it gets closer, it starts taking shape. You realize, oh, it's coming towards me. It wasn't sitting still. Yeah. It's just the, the, the directional that it's on. I can't, you can't really tell. It's an optical illusion. And so that's kind of what's happening with this thing. And so then I realized that it's not sitting still, that it's getting bigger, it's taking a different shape, and it's coming towards me. Did it change shape as it's coming towards it you? It did. Not in like a metamorphous kind of way, but just as it got closer to me, I could. it was more discernible. It was more dis- defining. It was more defined. As yeah. I could see the shape of what it was. And so it's coming to me, and it's not coming directly at me, it's going a little bit to the north of me, so it's a little bit on the northwest trajectory. And at first, and then it was so then it was like a square with like a triangle on the top of it. So it was just like a block with like a triangle on the top of it. So it was like almost like a kid would draw like the shape of a house. Right. Drawing it like or something like that. And it was but it was black. And then as it gets closer and closer, I'm like what the hell is that thing, right? And there was, and it was, and then, so basically I got this front view of it and then I got a side view of it to the point where it was directly, not over me, but really, really close, like going over the park behind me. I said, I know that it's like, I've thought about this a million times. It's very difficult to judge size, speed, and high and, and altitude yeah. from the ground, right? You can't tell. So if I was to estimate it just based on my surroundings like the 100 foot tree to the to the east of me and that kind of stuff i would say this thing was probably uh, 500 feet in the air it was as big as a good sized car or a pickup truck and it was probably going 35 40 miles an hour and what was crazy was that we're talking about a severe windstorm and this thing wasn't reacting to the wind at all it had no it made no sound, and it was just cruising. It didn't make any crazy maneuvers or anything like that, but it, I, I was close enough to it that I could see that it wasn't moving at all with yeah. the wind. It wasn't bouncing up and down. There was no side to side. There was nothing. There was It was just moving at a steady pace, cruising, like right across my eyeline and I got a view from like, so I got the frontal, the side, and then when it was right here, it was a full side view. And I'm at the point where myself, I'm like, what is that? Or like, what the heck am I like, what is that? And to the point where I'm thinking that, so I'm audibly saying that. Like, what the heck? Is anybody inside? Because it was one of those days where everybody's inside, and of course I don't have my phone on me. Yeah, because I didn't. I wasn't taking my dog for a walk. I was yeah. taking him out to the front yard to do some yeah. business, and we're going back in because the weather's nasty. And mom's cooking dinner, right? So I didn't have my phone on me, and I believe me, every time I go out now, I'm like, oh wait, I gotta grab my phone. We'll never, I will see never. That. So, and you know, one of my philosophies is if it has light and it didn't have lights, but it, one of my philosophies, and I don't know if you've heard it on the podcast, is as Bill and I talk about it, if it's got lights. I don't believe it's 
alien technology. Right. Why do yeah. they need lights? Right. They're not going to run in. Yeah. They're not worried about anything running to them, and yeah. they're not going to run in. Like the black else. triangles that people see. Yeah. The three lights on the. Well, the three lights, the triangle with the three lights underneath. Yeah. The Air Force allegedly as a experimental. Uh, it's called the TR-3B, yeah, I think, yeah. and it's it's got, uh, we believe, extraterrestrial technology. In yeah. It. And uh, you know that you know it can't. If you see Star Trek and they go to warp, that it's got an a damp. I think it calls it an inertial dampener or something. Allegedly, you know, in the yeah, story yeah. that prevents you from slamming and liquidating into the yeah. bulkhead when the thing all of a sudden shoots off a, into light speed. So. Yeah, you don't need, um, you would have to have something like, we don't have, I don't think they have that technology yet where we can do it. I mean, yeah. it moves quickly. Yeah. But. Autonomous like, kind of thing. Yeah, it's, yeah. this is completely, something completely. So, I got a really good look at this thing. And there's a couple things. I'll, I'll just find the shape in a moment, but there's a couple things. Like, one, this thing was black. It was it was blacker than black. I remember years ago reading an article or a headline or something about you know MIT or Caltech or one of these guys trying to discover the darkest color possible, right? Like they were there was a study that they were trying to develop, like discover the darkest color in the universe, right? Really, and that's what this thing was like, right? It was like flat black. There was no light refracting off it, so I think it was black, but just dark. Like just black, 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 black. Yeah. And that was kind of freaky because it didn't have any lights on it. It didn't make a sound and it's almost dark. And this yeah. thing's flying at 500 feet. Like I live, you know, on the path from Mather is not, you know, from the, to the south, to the southeast of me. And that, you know, sheriff helicopter flies over my house 10 times yeah, a day. Like the rest of us. You know, and it's, it's like, like I'm on a ghetto bird. Like that, the ghetto, well, it's star, right? The guy died <laughs> flying in, so they don't like to call that. I know some sheriffs. <laughs> And they, but it's dangerous, right? So that thing, it's just dangerous. And that, I did not black with no lights or nothing. Yeah. Like, there's aircraft flying around, right? And so that kind of, they made no sound. And like I said, it had no lights. The shape of it, if you can imagine this, was picture a square, like a perfect cube. But on the top of it, there's like a hood that extends to a really, really sharp point that's the same size of it, right? So if the cube is, you know, maybe 10 by 10 by 10 cube, this this thing, is, the hood of it's like 30 feet that's coming off the front of it to a point and, and a loop, almost like a boat that's upside down. Um, like an upside down boat, but not like a, you know, like a, a dinghy or whatever. This was like a... Think of like a really like stealth keyboat, right? There was something like really sinister about the shapes, almost like something out of like uh, like a movie or something. Star Wars. And like not even that, right? It wasn't sexy. It was like sinister. Oh, really? Like the, the angles of it, right? And the lines on it were just really... And I wasn't drunk or stoned or nothing that day. You know, it was just something that I saw in the sky. And, it, and then it had like so as near as I could tell and I could see it only because where the back of the craft ended off of 
you know, the, where the light, I could see the light, it had like these little balls at the top of the square where it met sort of the, the body in this hood. The, 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 there was like a little circle that came off, like a little nub that came off at that point. And I was thinking, well, maybe it's a drone, you know, and that's the rotor thing. But this, it was, that doesn't make sense. It was like too big, didn't make any sound, didn't have any lights, and the way it was moving, like the wind would have affected a craft it was man-made like i feel like right you know what i mean it was like just bizarre but it was like who's the director i was gonna look at the director that did like district nine and like i love sci-fi stuff like yeah i'm like i'm a believer like you like i want yeah. to believe i want to believe and i don't know if it's well, i wish i would have seen something like you did i have well, you know and i don't know if, if it's because i'm a, you know product of the star wars generation where you know i was seven years old in 77 and yeah. came out and it changed my life and, and it was yeah. like the greatest thing I'd ever seen at that time. I'm still a fan. Like the didn't. You know, <laughs> you know, I'm still, but it's like I always hoped that one day I would be lucky enough to see a UFO or a UMP, the phenomenon, right? Like and then I could duck for it. Hopefully it wasn't in the middle of the woods and I was getting abducted or something yeah. like that. Like, like fire as a sky. Exactly. <laughs> you know, some, something like that. But that, you know, and then I could decide for myself, kind of, you know, just to have that, you know, that uh, experience to, you know, know that it's a real thing. And what I saw, and like I told you before, like I've done the, I've, I've looked at the MUFON site and I've looked at that other one where they do, uh, and I could probably look that up on my phone because my buddy sent this man. Probably got the text in there still, but um, and nobody sees anything like that, right? They see lights and they see orbs and they see triangles and they see discs and they see. We go over the MUFON, the the monthly report, the big. We have it a local chapter in Rock. Yeah, I didn't realize that. Just, um, yeah, maybe we'll go up to a meeting. They haven't done face to face meeting. They're doing Zoom or. or whatever right now teams or whatever COVID it is bullshit. yeah so they're gonna get eventually they're gonna get out of that but um i'll let you know if they have a face-to-face -face yeah, meeting to. yeah for sure and um you know uh their move on is a good organization but anyway yeah. that to your point they have uh, all of the pictures are vague and bill and i talk about this all the time about how you take pictures when they had the air show last time here yeah not too long ago we were to as an experiment because they turn right here probably you've yeah, seen me too, right over my house. Yeah. so we're taking we're filming while well, we're putting on our camera phone yeah to see how act you know and it really you can see that it's a jet and things and they're probably a thousand feet probably i don't know yeah um but uh move on it says we're sightings within a hundred feet other they show the distance between and how many yeah. and where they are and there's a hundred feet, but we can't get a picture in a hundred feet of a good, you know, a good defined UFO picture under a hundred feet. It, it, it never, it's never good. Yeah. It's never defined no, like you're like, talking about. Like I, said, and I, now I should have my camera. It's like, I should have my phone. And if I did have my phone, I would have been able to take a perfect picture. Cause this thing more than moving at a thousand miles an hour. It wasn't yeah. bouncing around the sky. It was just cruising. And that was, and it was like I said, so it was, you know, it didn't make a sound. It had no lights. It was blacker than black. I've never seen a craft like that. And I did a lot of research online. I'm like, okay, military drones. Because I know, that, like, I've seen things in the sky. Yeah. Like, I remember one time being at the entrance of the park, and all of a sudden, standing there talking to a friend, and it was like dusk. 
getting dark and this had my dog, he had his dog and our dogs were sniffing around doing it we're talking and I hear this and get louder and louder. I'm like, what the hell is that noise? And I look up to the sky and I'm like, what is that noise? And all of a sudden, you know, a black quadcopter yeah. drone goes Oh, down the river a we big one. Yeah. Oh really? Like somebody's hobby. Yeah, like a government thing. really. Oh yeah, like a like a like a big like you could ride it, but like a case and is doing some surveys of the river area. It, this thing was like it was going somewhere. Right? Like this thing was it was on a mission going somewhere. I've seen that I saw I lived in Folsom for quite a while when I first lived in Sacramento and there were out there. In the, in the in the eat part of town, and I'm walking, and I saw something because I always look at the sky. Like I said, you're not gonna see anything if you don't look at the sky. And I look, I saw this weird silver object flying in the sky. I'm like, so the guy's walking, he's like, "What are you looking at?" I'm like, "Look, what is that right there? It's way high, right? You couldn't tell what it was. It's super high in the sky, silver object. I don't know, there's something right there. He's like, oh, yeah, that's weird." I'm like, "Yeah, that's weird." So we walk back in the store. I go and you know get whatever I had to get in the CVS. And I come out and I'm walking in my car and all of a sudden here come two fighter jets in formation flying to the same area. Yeah. And they weren't those Black Knight trainers that they fly out of Maine, yeah. those T-38. Yeah. They, these were two F gray F-16s where I scrambled out of, you know, either Beale or wherever they've got. Oh, the same time you saw the drone. Well, they were came back out and then this thing, this wasn't the drone, this was the silver object I saw. Yeah. You know, and they're flying in formation you know, to to this target area where that where that thing was, and I'm like, well, that might might have been a UFO because there's two F-16s that obviously got scrambled for it, right? It's yeah. like, so I mean, I've seen some things. One time I saw, uh, I just walked out my driveway at night. I always watched look for satellites when I was a kid. You know, we learned to do that when we were kids. But you just stare at the stars long enough, you're eventually going to see one that's moving, and it's a satellite. And so one day I'm out, and I always look at that stuff. extraterrestrials in there but i mean there's a part of us are thinking that these things have been around for thousands of years and yeah. they're actually just drones that are or have that have been here for thousands of years that are that's what i was going to say is that you know what it kind of reminded me of and i don't know if you're it was the black knight satellite mm -hmm. have you read uh, 
if you know about that, yeah. one, right? And they say that's one of like what you're talking about. Yeah. That's a drone that's been here for millennia. I've forgotten about that. Yeah. yeah. Just sitting there it, in orbit. It does. Yeah. It sort of has that sort of sinister shape, right? Like it's, yeah. it kind of was like that. It's space. They say it's space junk. I think is what they it, they say. Exactly. You know, whatever it Which, is. You know, very well maybe, but it has that sort of obscure shape to it that it, it, it could be a craft. Like it kind of looks like a craft, and that's how this was. It had like the, the back end, bottom of it was like a cube. With a little at the top of the cube, with this little round nodule coming off of it, and then the top of it was like an upside down oh, like but it was very like pointy and, and sinister, and the angles and the shape of it were like not like a super like stealth ski boat or something. You know what I mean? But you couldn't see like a stealth fighter, right? You can see those sort of angles on it. I've seen them at, at the major sure. show and then. Daytime stuff like that, like the, the I've seen the red, the not the Raptor, but the Lightning out there, and that thirty five Lightning, and it's like you can sort of see the lines of the mechanism and things like that. Like it was light enough out that I could see um, it pretty good, but it was just black. Like this thing was so dark, and I don't. I'm so grateful to be able to share to share the story with somebody that's interested. So we, so how we got, how we met. To speak. I mean, we have a neighborhood. We had another yeah. gentleman that had a sighting. Yeah, I was never. You know, but like he saw like a, an orb in the sky or something. Yeah, he right? saw it was like a shiny. Yeah, it's like, like it's a mylar balloon. And then that you know? happens, right? Like I get. That. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and I didn't get. I couldn't get that video to the. You know, I'd like to get it to the TV where I could actually see a little in better definition. Well, when I pulled that up, there was no video embedded on, because I do it on the app on my yeah. phone, and there was no video there. Yeah, I had the video, but I couldn't get it to play on anything but that on yeah. my little phone. Yeah. And you can't really see it, and I respect the fact that he... But other people you know, saw it, I guess. Yeah. And and that was a, yeah. Did you see how many comments were on? So many comments. Uh, there's like 200 and something yeah. comments. I know that's the way we... And I, that's why I put the podcast on the, um, yeah. and said, hey, if anybody wants to talk yeah. about it, you know, and, but MUFON's the way to go. MUFON's the, the, we like our, we like our, uh, um, local MUFON chapter and we post on their, we post our, uh, um, episodes on the MUFON, the Rockland MUFON chapter, because those guys do a really good job and they're just, you know. How many listeners do you have? We've got on YouTube, we have 400 subscribers, not gigantic. We've probably got, we've got 72,000 downloads um, in Omni, where it's every other, every other platform that's audio only is, um, we have probably, we have thousands, thousands on that uh, for the amount of time we've been listening. It grows all the time, but it's just, it's a hobby. I mean, this is not a revenue this is not something we did, Bill and I. Well, Bill's been doing I started it. My son, Robert, who is in um, Austin. And uh, Robert, I, what, the way this started is that, I'll give you a little background about the podcast, is that a couple of years ago, and I said, you know, I'm going to retire in a couple of years, and I really would like, I love UFOs. I'd love to start a podcast. What do you guys think? So I sent it out to all my friends, all four of them, all my good friends, and uh, Robert. And all of a sudden, Robert put together the whole 
the platform for the podcast. We were on every web page. We're on every. We have a web page, but we're on every podcast platform there is. It was cool. I like it. So he set it all up for me. Yeah, he always teases me. He's a comedian, and he's done stand up. He does stand up on and off. And his big thing is, you know, I started a podcast for my father, and uh, well, dad's sixty something, and he's technologically challenged. So now I have a podcast because he was having to do almost everything for us. Now we're good with it, and we've learned to, you know, maneuver around in the the mechanics of all the, you know, the recording, and we have we work on Discord and we work on OBS streaming. And, um, but he started it and then he started it up and then handed it over. And then we still show him as the executive producer and he comes on and, and does it with me. So I have the I have three boys. So, um, my, uh, my middle son refused he's like, I'm not coming on. I have one son that says, I am not going to go on that. <laughs> you know, he's, Why a is that? he's, he's, a mo- he's, he's that guy. He's, he's that guy. He says, I do that. And he's the motorcycle guy. He says, I do motorcycles. And, you know, I do these other things that he will not. Well, that's just Johnny. We, we always, we always. Like a lot of people are, are you know, they, they're set and, they're, they, and they do what they do recreationally, professionally, all those things until they see that one thing. If you see it, if he ever sees it, he's on in a second. But he says this, I can't, yeah. if I can't see it, I can't touch it. Yeah, that's what it I doesn't exist. Been, and I've always just been a believer, right? I just always felt like the universe is way too big us to be the only ones and i have lots of different theories i'm a big fan of like like prometheus like that thing yeah. like how we were seated here yeah like i remember i read something one time about how they say that they've actually is our space exploration they've actually tried to send people beyond the moon and like they can't because there's basically satellites out there that are uh, basically cage us in like we can only go. Have, like, have you heard of flat Earth theory? The flat Earth theory? Yeah, I mean I've heard of it. Yeah, but you listen to our episode with Shelley Lewis. Shelley Lewis is a flat earther. Oh, and she came on. Yeah, we had Shelley on, and um, Shelley, um, she went to West Point. I mean, she's no slouch. She's and educated, and she's awesome. Shelley, hope you're listening. Giving you kudos. And, you know, while we don't necessarily subscribe, because we brought her on and we thought, uh, I met her through a third party and I contacted her and I thought, I don't know if she's going to come on. She goes, oh, yeah, I'd love to come on your show. So she, we interviewed her and my brother and I, my, my brother, um, uh, Mopar Kevin, he loves Mopar, so we call him Mopar Kevin. And uh, he came here and then we interviewed her. I see like most gas prices I've Oh, yeah, he's loving that <laughs> with that SRT. And uh, so we interviewed her, and it was, and Debbie was out there, and she thought, she said, I thought this girl was going to be some weirdo. And she is so well-spoken and so down with this flat earth theory. It's crazy. Really, like super and, intelligent? And like, oh, it's amazing. And uh, I said, yeah, and we did the interview, and we, we did it on the podcast, and we shut down the podcast. And Kevin and I looked at each other and went, oh, this was amazing, and um, yeah, it had that podcast settled really. Well, had I'll that. Have to go back to that podcast. Yeah, yeah, check that one. I always tell people who's no, we're not sure. You know, I got people at work. People at work listen to it, and they said, "I go if you have to listen. If you don't want to." My sister is. Uh, I don't want to pimp it too much, but the, my sister listens. She's in Florida also, and she listens. She, we do a lot of. Um, a lot of it is research from the past, from forty-seven and. 
Ra's War, and we're doing the. A lot of things happened in '47. There was there was hundreds of sightings in 1947. Sure. So Bill and I are going through. We're talking about things there, and there's books. We what did, year was the when the, the UFO swarm in DC? That was, I believe that was '47. Yeah. But it, there was a lot of things that happened, and we don't know why. What was up with '47? But there's we've read through a lot of the incidents of '47. My my sister listens to it, and she's is a fan of the show but isn't a fan of like i talked you, you were talking about how you heard i hear crickets i hear crickets yeah. my hearing's terrible so i don't i don't hear them but i said well you know that's my sister saying that the, the format's too dry yeah. and uh, she hears crickets because <laughs> he listens to it too. No, I, guys are, that's dr bill's backyard it's yeah that's bill's backyard yeah. in gainesville maybe you know go gay and uh <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it's um it, it but yeah, she, it, you know, it's a lot of history. Yeah. And we're, so we're waiting our way through history. We do a lot lately, unfortunately, or fortunately, we're doing, we talk a lot about, even though our tagline is anything weird. So it doesn't, it isn't just UFOs. You know, Deb and I have done, we did an episode on everything weird. Everything yeah, yeah. weird. Let's do that one. Yeah. And um, Deb's really good. She, she's a trooper. Deb is a trooper, so come on. What is your theory? It's something about history. Like, you know, one of the theories that I have sort of believe in and I've read is like the, uh, what do they call it? The, the another civilization. You know, it's, it's funny if you think about it, right? So everything that we see in this room, from our cell phones and the components in them to the glass bottle here, this cup, you know, the house, the walls, the fan, the electricity, all this stuff. Everything that's in here, if you, if you break it down, is made from the earth, right? It's been, you know, I mean, synthetic or whatever. It's all made from stuff that's here on earth. It's nothing that's from space. It's just all stuff that's here on earth. And as far as like, I forget what the theory is called, but like cataclysmic events, like it seems like from what I've read and what I've seen is that like history is going back farther and farther all the time. Like the, the scientists will say, oh, this is from, you know, we can carbon date this to this time frame. And then, you know, years later, like actually it's really from this time frame and this time frame. Like it's really possible that there have been technologically advanced civilizations on the earth at a, such a time point that they have been completely returned to the dust. That yeah. they were born from. It's, and we would no, never even know, right? So it's like that's one of the things that, like, how old is the, the theory? Is well, the theories, there's several theories, but they lots more than several. The earth is just, we civilization has crumbled and rebuilt itself about four times. Yeah. And, you know, that they, you, you see the. Uh, you know, you said crumbled, I mean, like, literally, literally back wiped, out, wiped out. Wiped out. Back and came back. Wiped evidence, out. Yeah. Came back. Yeah. I mean that's one theory. I, we don't have obviously on this show. We we don't have the yeah. we don't have the background and proof. But you know there's the old I forget what they call it. My Robert always has to remind me of the what it's called when you find ancient ancient batteries that yeah, yeah. have come from sure. that they, all of a sudden they dig this stuff up. I don't know if you've ever saw the show on cable where the the earth I forget what they call it the earth. Without civilization, when civilization, you know, something yeah, yeah. wipes out everything. Let's say the pandemic wiped out the whole world yeah. of person, of people. And then what happens to the buildings? Okay, everything just 
dissolves basically eventually over time it will yeah. right like nothing lasts forever like we see but stonehenge is here how old is it yeah you know there's a i mean do you watch ancient aliens I do. yeah absolutely. Um, it's it, that's a really good show yeah. i mean i think um you know it just it, i don't know how long how long have we been here how long has we been here this time nobody knows right yeah. but to the point of are these spacecraft um are they from are they from eons ago and they're just drones that have been sent here by another are civilization from, are they from future us i mean yeah are they you know but everybody wants to equate these everybody wants to equate these things oh there's aliens and little green, green, yeah, yeah, little yeah. green men. are the little green men really um you know are they really is that something or is that something remember hg wells war of the worlds and the thing it was yeah. in the 30s and uh, did everything kind of start to develop from that? And where'd that come from? You know, and it, it's, um, you know, and then there's Roswell. Did that really happen? It happened, but did, was there really spacecraft? Yeah, and we, our, the, our theory, well, you know, Bill and I always talk about it. And I always say Wright-Patterson Air Force Base is where everything, they're keeping everything. Angry it's all yeah. there, yeah. Everything's at Wright-Patterson. I'm here to tell everybody. that, And they're, they're, everybody's like, yeah, I dug, I heard it, I heard you. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's not at Roswell. It's not at Area 51. And Wright-Patterson is housing, and that's where they're, they're, I think, they're keeping everything. Right. Yeah, that's the way. You know, it's... That's, it's I thought it was the warehouse from Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, I think that was. Yeah, at the end, the last yeah. final scene yeah. where they... You know the I love that. All stuff. You know, yeah, yeah the... Absolutely. Um, so, absolutely. you know, I don't... You know, who knows what's really... It seems like we are getting closer to it every day, though. You know, it's like Elizondo said about the... Oh, well, Elizondo, you know, yeah. They released those three videos, the gimbal, the tic-tac, and the or whatever they called it, and they said there's like... What do you say? You realize that was from 2014. Yeah, there's like, that is an what do you say? There's like two dozen more that are like even better than that. They come, and that's the other thing, is are they coming from under the ocean? Bill's theory, Bill Bill and I disagree a little bit. He thinks that they... I like the under the ocean theory. I yeah, he I thinks it's an ocean thing. I think they come... I'm a hollow earther. I think yeah. they're coming from inside, like Antarctic. I like both those theories. You know, I don't know, but I have a favorite, you know? Yeah, I, I think that both of those theories are probably connected in a way, you know? They're so, I don't, I don't know. So, you know, that's that's basically... You know what we got, and you know I appreciate you coming on the show yeah, and, no, and sharing your thoughts. Sure. It's cool. You know, and um, it's good to meet you. Dan. You know, it's nice yeah. meeting you. And um, I think we'll wrap it up. And I appreciate it. All right, let's keep in touch. Uh, we will. And there you have it. What do you think? Actually, it's a really good interview. I know. <laughs> it turned out pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this very guy good. is really well spoken. Yeah, no, it's he's a, really good. Um, you know, he wants to. He's got a. He he knows someone who's been visited, and I said, "You then bring." Yeah, yeah, we'll, do, we'll do that. We'll do one of these, but I want to include you on that one. I think I have. We have to find out. I have to improve my technology. So, yes. So that we can, yeah. Uh, we can uh, make that happen. Yeah. The um, the recording I think worked out okay. I was a little worried, and it did did. I moved it back after you said that. It was a little bit too close to the microphone. Okay. We're playing it for everybody. Yeah, we're, we're playing it off of a cell phone. Yeah. In my game room. It's not really the fault of the phone. It's the more the the reason we moved the show out of the game room from the early episodes was teeny. 
sound. Well, so yeah, you know. I mean, it's it's we're we're learning to use this this uh, yeah this modern but technology. He is, good. he is a JC is a great interview, and he's going to be back. Yeah, that was Definitely. very good. The uh, description was awesome. The uh, object was interesting. I was looking in some of the weird. Yeah, <laughs> weird. I, I was trying to look to see if there was anything that looks similar to this. Um, I'm sure there has been, but I was looking I saw through some you of pulling the. that book out. Have I seen? It seems like I've seen something else like that, but I'm. Uh, I have. I'd take some movie. <laughs> There's a diagram that Project Blue Book used for saucer shapes, and I was looking at it this week, and I can't remember which book it's in. Actually, I know which one it's in. It's in one of these old um, flying saucer magazines, and I don't have it handy. It might be in the bedroom or in the other room. But they have a... a chart project blue book put together like a chart of the different shapes it's like pretty good and it's in one of these i don't know where the other one is i have two of them here and the other ones it might be over there i'm not going to run over and get it but yeah it's good to dredge it up maybe there's been something like that that somebody has described well well, give me a second let me just look over there real quick all right meanwhile bill goes to the bedroom to go Look at his, um, look at, you know, different flying object illustrations. Maybe we can find something that, is, I have seen something that's similar to this. I just can't figure out where exactly it was. Yeah, I found so it. It was, it was, oh, cool. It was behind me. I actually marked something in here. Why did I mark this? Oh, yeah, this was the, uh, this is it right here, which I was looking for. This is the official drawing of what the Air Force considers the most frequently reported shapes. The array says the Air Force has sent only convey people some idea of the variety of shapes that have appeared. It does not give an adequate impression of the relative frequencies. Um, there's nothing here. I'll hold it up if I can get it. I'll hold it up and I will see if I can get it focused technology <laughs> Let me get a focus yes on it. Heck. oh i don't see anything that looks uh no this is a good thing they're well, mostly one of the it's mostly saucer shapes this is what i was looking for earlier it was over behind the behind me where yeah. i couldn't see it um but yeah these are just traditional saucer shapes and Let me back and focus. So, yeah, I'm not cool. seeing not seeing anything that looks like a like what he described. It's a real interesting sighting. Good interview. Good sighting. There is one of these is a little triangular, but it doesn't really nothing. I've yeah nothing yeah. that's really been described and it makes no. sense i mean i don't know i don't know what this could be other something otherworldly but you never know i was we looking don't really know where these things come from yeah and then there was also uh i mean i was thinking it was it could be an airplane maybe he was seeing but then when i was looking at this book they have uh this is outdated but it has potential airplane shapes i saw it earlier yeah. i should have marked it um, configurations which people might might 
confused with a um, UFO and it none of the airplane shapes even though these are older airplanes they still have the same configuration none of the airplane shapes would fit that triangular or the cube with a um, inverted triangle boat right. type thing on the top let me see if I can see it well because it came so close well relatively close to him yeah it's a fascinating fascinating sighting and one of the things there was a lot of reporting about early UFOs was that they would show um, would disrupt power supplies yeah and it being windy of course the power was probably the wind sure. but that's also a coincidental an interesting coincidence to have a sighting during an outage makes you want to go out during the storm kind of <laughs> if you hey, it's a good time to <laughs> maybe I maybe maybe they're covering up for something and maybe it's just something that yeah here it is and I'll I'll change the so they had airplane shapes I gotta and you're not gonna see it and then you know if yeah. I was if I was smart I would just uh I could load these in but I'm not gonna yeah. That. So they just did some airplane shapes, and you can see that they, uh, you know, yeah, nothing really fits what he was describing, even with the odd angles. And these, these well, are plus it was just kind of cruising along, not going very fast. I mean, it was. I mean, a regular. It feels like a traditional aircraft would have a hard time maintaining um, its in during, especially during a storm. Yeah, that, that was its, a yeah fascinating sighting. Fascinating. Very yeah. good. Very I, nice. I definitely urged him to report it to MUFON. I think that would be good that they have in their archives, maybe, yeah. you know. So, yeah, very good. I'm um, Nice job. I will, um, I will look forward to listening to it again. Awesome. Uh, I, I did have one comment. Um, we, I know you don't like lights. And we didn't. No, we're, no. no, I don't like lights. <laughs> um, we're going to talk about the. We were going to talk about uh, Chris Lato next week. We'll do this. Well, Chris Lato did a yeah. really, really nice little video on the the Gorman dogfight, which is one of the early classic UFO sightings. And I had written that one off as a uh, weather balloon. Yeah. But the Gorman sighting, though, was a six to eight inch. Uh, orb orb that was illuminated white so it was a white light and yeah. what i what i've done i pulled out the old sighting reports and six other things to eight inch six inch. to eight inch watch yeah. the uh watch the lato video i sent you the link yeah. and uh we'll go into that I'll next week yeah definitely and cool. i pulled out i pulled out the old stuff um about the gorman sighting i had written that one off and his analysis is uh spectacular as a fighter pilot analyzing the situation, it's completely turned me around on the uh, Gorman sighting. And it's, hey, we'll it's, do it. it's like, um, you know, the close encounters of the third kind, they would have like the little tiny UFOs. Yeah. So this seems yeah. to, this is like one of those. And then uh, maybe we'll, if we have time, we'll, we'll get back into the Alfred Letting uh, book with the sighting for next week. And what's going on in 1947. We'll pick up our historical analysis of, uh, or historical review of UFOs. Awesome. You ready to wrap it up? Yeah, we'll wrap it up.
Thanks for listening to the latest episode of the Alien Probe Podcast. We welcome comments, questions, or requests to alienprobepodcast at gmail.com. Visit us on Facebook at alienprobe.net, Twitter and Instagram at alienprobepod, YouTube, Alien Probe Podcast. Check that out. We're now on video. Thanks, Dr. Bill. Yep. Massive editing skills. Mad edit mad, mad mad editing mad. skills. Well, I don't do much Robert, editing. Robert <laughs> our senior producer, Robert Anthony, and JC. That was awesome. Thank you very much. And we're gonna have you back on. See you next All time. All right. All right. Bye bye.